The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Lucas Lectures. My name is Veteran Lucas of the Science of Pokemon, coming at you live from, well, Hamamatsu, Japan. I hope you guys are doing well. For those who are just joining in on us, um, I'm one of the members of the Science of Pokemon. When I had to move over to Japan, I decided to do this little section to try and keep you guys learning, keeps me engaged, and also make sure that if I find any weird things that wouldn't make a whole episode, I can go ahead and use them here while the guys take care of all those really cool interviews and all the other topics. Again, they're the best. I can't stop saying how awesome they are for helping me out with all of this. So, today's episode is called Rate That Professor, or Rate My Professor. I'll decide whatever name I put it on when I put this thing up. Here's the thing that I wanted to do this for. I wanted to do this episode because of a trope. There's a trope in movies that I cannot stand, and that is the trope of the know-it-all scientist. So that's the scientist in the movie is like, oh my gosh, they're digging into the Earth's core. Quick, biologists, tell us why these robots are doing this. Like, they just go ahead and ask any random scientist, like, oh, just get me a scientist, any scientist. And it's like, which one? They all specialize. A, a movie that actually subverted this trope is a great sci-fi classic called Tremors, where they ask the scientist, what are these worm monsters doing? It's like, I'm a geologist. Why would I know what this new monster is doing? What is wrong with you people? Scientists are like specialists. They are specialists by design. They know a lot and contribute to maybe one or two topics. So uh, in recent articles, I saw that some biologists were conducting tests on plants or animals. And one of the common sections of the article was why they weren't working on a COVID-19 vaccine. Why are they wasting their time and not working on it? Because just because they're scientists, obviously they know exactly what they're doing with the virus, too. You can just take them from working with plants and put them in a virology lab and see what happens. Uh, it's kind of like expecting a carpenter to be able to do your plumbing. Yes, they have relatively similar skills, but that's not going to be the same thing. You want to get the exact person for the job. And the Pokemon professors in the game are no different. So that's what we are going to go through today. We're going to throw through... Every single professor that's in the main series games, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about what their specialty would be in our world compared to what they do in the game. So, like all things in Pokemon, we got to start with Kanto, but unlike the Pokemon Company, I will not dwell on it. So, Professor Oak is the starting professor. He is basically the Stephen Hawking and Albert Einstein of the Pokemon world, because everybody seems to know this man's work. Like, he's in his 50s, but he's just, everyone knows him. You go to any region in the game, it's just Professor Oak's name either gets mentioned or he stops by. Uh, he does have his main lab in Palatown, though, and his focus is on the study of the relationships between Pokemons and Pokemon and humans. Now, this means he probably would have, he would be quite famous because the whole world depends on his, this kind of research, and his is the best in the field. He knows so much, he can send children out to do his dirty work to get a collection of all that information. Uh, now, there is a field of study that mirrors this work, but it doesn't have the same 
rock star appeal. You've probably never heard of ethnobiology. So it's the study of how humans interact with the living world around us and the current world we live in. And it gained a lot of traction in the past 30 years. It first started out in the 1500s when European explorers were going out and taking stuff and learning about how interactions with the colonists would change up the environment. This is again back in the 1500s where the first seeds of this were planted. But it also branched out into different forms of study. Uh, the one that Professor Oak really sets into is something called anthrozoology. So that's the study of how humans have used and worked with animals. So scientists like um, Pauline Bennett, uh, you probably never heard of her. Pauline Bennett from Australia, she is one of the foremost experts on anthrozoology. And she and others study not just how we affect animals, but how animals affect us. Everything from how we bond with animals and zoos or as pets, ethical treatment of animals across cultural divides. Uh, they even go into like deeper questions, questions about animals' place in religion. And while it's not as popular a subject, it's still a really cool field of science to be able to go into and see just how humans have affected animals, but more importantly, how animals have affected us. They've even done studies on things like depression and animal connections and see how that can help out. Again, a, a really, really cool field of study. Now, next up in Johto, we have Professor Elm, which can we all agree is just a huge dork? I mean, they're all scientists, they're all nerdy, but like literally look at the art they put on him or like Bulbapedia or something. He's just the man dropping all his notes, losing anything. None of the other ones are this much of a dork. I love him for it. But that man's a dork. In the game, he later on gets interested in Pokemon abilities, which wasn't a thing in Johto, but he's most famous for the discovery of the Pokemon egg. And that's what it says that he's famous for. He discovered a bit about Pokemon breeding. So he is the expert on breeding. Now, there's too many jokes to make about Pokemon breeding and about, like, just one guy randomly figured out how the eggs work. But believe it or not, discoveries like that big have happened in one way or another before. You might have heard of Jane Goodall. So one of her most famous um, accolades, the most famous thing she did, was she discovered that chimpanzees would use sticks to stick into the termite mountains and get the termites out and eat from there. So that's tool usage, and that was pretty much one of the first times we'd ever seen it and scientifically documented it. Big deal. Completely by accident. She was taking a stroll, she found it out, and like that's how it got documented. So pretty big scientific achievements have happened just from random happenstance. As for real science, uh, the word husbandry is used a lot in my former field, where animals uh, in zoos and aquariums, the staff is typically called the husbandry staff, and their role is everything from animal care and making sure that animals are fed and engaged properly, making sure their habitats are clean. Its most common usage, though, is not in the zoo field. It's actually with agriculture, so getting animals to reproduce. So husbandry is a very important science for how our world works, because if you don't have animals reproducing, then you're not going to be able to mix with meat supply. You're not going to be able to breed sheep for wool. So the classic thought of it is, okay, just put two animals in a barn and they will make babies and that'll be that. In today's world, we actually use husbandry to save animals' lives. So there's something in zoos and aquariums called the Species Survival Plan, where we literally have a, a dating site of sorts for animals, where we have all their genetic information 
we can match them and move them to different parks or different zoos to have them reproduce and save the species. This is done with penguins, white rhinos, roseate spoonbills, any like otters. It's done with so many different animals. Husbandry is a really important science to trying to reproduce these animals in human care and then put them back out in the wild someday. So L may be a dork, but he's a really effective dork. So next up is the one I relate to a lot. He seems like just to be the most fun uh, before Kukui. Kukui is the funnest one, but second place goes to Professor Birch. Man's just super casual, super chill, and he's the one who never really stays in the lab. Like he's a younger in his 30s scientist, and he is basically an ecologist. There's no need for translation or going deep into that one. Ecology is the study of habitats and population dynamics. So Birch's job seems to be to go out and just take a look at the ecosystem, see how it's functioning, and see how the Pokemon living in it affects it and how that ecosystem affects them. So one of the things that's really cool is that he does one half of that job. He shows it all the time where he's out in the woods and he's exploring. But there's another half to the job, and this is the half that usually makes people cringe when we hear biology if you've done it in college. The other half of it requires a boatload of math. Math and computer skills are the backbone of modern-day ecology. So you're less in the field and exploring places, and it's more about actually sitting in the lab and working on Excel sheets and data plots and making sure that all that data has been processed, documented, examined, graphed, and redone to make sure you have all the information correct. If you ever have an interest in biology, if you're ever interested in biology and you're good with computers, this is where you end up. Birch is either hiding some wicked good Excel skills or he's got some amazing assistance because he does a he does one of the hardest jobs in biology. Even though he looks like a slacker, he's doing one of the most work intensive in terms of working with computer. So next up, we have Rowan. And Rowan is one of my favorites just by look alone. He looks like the most dignified of all the professors. He got the clean cut vest. He's got the briefcase. He's Rowan is just a straight Chad, I'll be honest. He's got Chad energy for days, and I, I love him. Like, his look is phenomenal. So he is an expert on Pokemon evolution. So similar to Oak, he does have that look of a stereotypical scientist, very very stern, in a coat, briefcase. Uh, and Pokemon, as we stated before, they don't really evolve. The word they're going through is something like metamorphosis. However, in our world, we do have a branch of study called evolutionary biology, which as it sounds, is the study of how evolutionary processes work and how we as humans affect that process. So Darwin could be said as one of the grandfathers of this type of biology, so the study of just how animals are changing over time. But the study consists of people a lot like Rowan, and it's less field work and more lab work. So instead of just saying, oh, I saw this bird and look how big its beak is, you're requiring knowledge now in everything from genetics, microbiology, and even virology. The study of bacteria and how quickly they can adapt to different conditions through mutations has been conducted by similar groups like Rowan, and that work is used to show how disease spreads and how certain contagions become resistant to drugs. So it's not just about how bigger animals evolve, it's about how things like bacteria can mutate rapidly and change. So these kinds of scientists might be studying things from the past, but they still affect our future. A really cool branch of study. So next up is Jupiter. And Jupiter in Gen 5 was studying the origins of Pokemon in her world. She was the first female scientist, a trend I am happy to say is disappearing in our world as well as the Pokemon world, as more women are entering the scientific fields than ever before. Thank goodness. 
The origin of life in our world is called abiogenesis. And it doesn't have a real specific field of study due to the fact that it requires so many elements. I'm talking everything from microbiology to paleontology, astrobiology to ocean geogra geography, and uh, orgochemistry. Yeah, I do not care for organic chemistry. Most animal people don't. I despise that topic. So if Jupiter is an expert, the expert in the field of the origins of Pokemon of the world, that would mean that she's dabbled in pretty much all of those studies. And she probably, out of all of the professors on this list, the most knowledgeable. She has some of the most knowledge of any of them in terms of just knowing what she's talking about because she has to dabble in so many different things just to make sure people understand what they're doing. Oh, also, she probably dabbles a bit in theology since you can catch God in a ball and make him do make him go in the movies. I, I think that's just something really cool. She has so much that she has to know in order to do her job. So next up, we have Sycamore, and he is a specialist on megaevolution, which doesn't exist. I wish it did. That'd be kind of awesome to see a spider turn into a super spider for at least a little bit. But it's still worth mentioning that you don't need to just have one expert on any animal changes. So for all the energy that Mega Evolution probably takes up, my best guess is that Sycamore is the leading expert in the transference of energy and how it, how it organically generates. So he's probably one of the smartest guys to talk about when it turns to how energy is created and used in the body. Uh, one of the words you become familiar with in uh, biology is the phrase ATP. So its true name is adenosine triphosphate. It is one of the most important chemicals produced in the body. Basically, long story short, if you, the reason you are breathing is to generate ATP that works the rest of the body. It is the whole reason that you are taking breath right now. All right, so now we get to the islands. We get to Alola's top scientist, Kukui, and he specializes in Pokemon moves, hence why he knows a lot about Z-moves and their capabilities. Honestly, Kukui seems like the most fun, but he's also the most reckless. He is the worst dressed for a lab possible, followed by Birch. Like, he's barely, he doesn't wear a shirt, he's wearing shorts. If he showed up to a college lab, he'd be kicked out immediately just for being like, why? You have to cover up when you're working in a lab. He also tends to let the Pokemon attack him or attack near him to see how strong the move is. Also incredibly dangerous. You don't test a rhino's uh, force when it hits something by letting yourself be the target. The man is breaking some really serious ethical rules here. But there have been similar things. Uh, this sort of thing has happened before where a scientist has been rather reckless and decided to test things on himself. Uh, Barry Marshall decided to prove that ulcers were not caused by stress but actually caused by bacteria by going up in front of a group of people and drinking it. Just straight up downing it. And he got ulcers, so that's how it showed up. So reckless, yes, but it does figure things out. Now, unlike Rowan and Sycamore, he seems to be an expert less on how organisms change and more on how they adapt in the present. So there isn't a specific field of study for this, but it goes under the big umbrella of biology. It's one of the general terms. So the Alolan forms would make this so that he would get a first-hand look at how moves can change between Alolan and Kanto variants. So he is studying moves and adaptations in the real time. So it's not just evolutionary biology. He's studying animal adaptations right in the field. In real life, the study of how animals adapt to new changes is of huge importance right now. 
Animals and humans are living closer together with less space for the animals, and some animals are doing really well. The peregrine falcons are living out in the city, and they're doing really well simply because they have adapted to living in that area, and the winds help them stay up and hunt. Other animals, like the cane toads, do too well and tend to survive just about anywhere you throw them, and that can be really damaging to the animals that can't. Hoogly is not just reckless, he is incredibly good at talking about the animals and how they connect to the real world. Again, a phenomenal scientist from his brain, but again, you need pants, you need shoes, you need shirt, and that's it. The coat, you can keep. You can keep the coat, and you can wrestle on your own time, that's fine. That is not the weirdest hobby I've seen a scientist pick up. Now, we do have two more professors left. Professor Magnolia, and then, by the end of the game in Sword and Shield, Professor Sonia. And so they're both two incredibly different scientists. So Professor Magnolia is the expert on Dynamaxing, which doesn't exist. It doesn't have many parallels in this world. But given where it comes from, she's probably the closest thing we have to an astronomer. So she studies the heavens and she knows where these things came from. So she's had to study meteors and had to see the different pieces that have come to create Dynamaxing. So it's a very important study. But the one I really want to talk about is Sonia. Sonia becomes a professor and she specializes in history. And now that's not considered a science like biology, but it is an incredibly important study. Uh, the topic should never be taken lightly. Uh, her work in the game not only leads your trainer becoming smarter and getting new Pokemon, but it also finds out the truth about the past and finds out how to save it, how to save the legendary Pokemon from being abused. So history teaches us how we can mess up and how we can get better. Historians work in the field at dig sites, they work in libraries, they work in laboratories, making sure that documents are authenticated, um, translating text. Remembering our past is one of the most important fields of study. Uh, to put it to you this way, without the historians, none of us would know what the other scientists were talking about hundreds of years ago. We wouldn't know that entobiology was started about 500 years ago. We wouldn't know that Darwin's ship's name was the Beagle. It's important to always remember that scientists doesn't have to be hard scientists. Look at Professor Collins. Professor Collins in social sciences blows my mind what they know about human emotion in the brain. It is a true hard science. We just got to be less picky about it. But no, she is a historian. And again, one of the most important roles to have. Also, again, glad to have two female scientists. Important to broaden out the field. So those are all the scientists that were in the main series. But there are different professors and different teachers throughout the Pokemon game. There are things from entomologists who study bug-type Pokemon. There are going to be volcanologists, so like Cinnabar Island and studying all that. There are scientists everywhere in the Pokemon world, and it's important to understand that there are scientists everywhere in our world. It's not just, please, call a scientist. They'll tell us the right answer. You have to find the right one, and you have to find the ones that do some of the best work. So keep that in mind. If you have a field of study that you're interested in learning about, go ahead and see what type of science connects to it and the scientists connected. Scientists always have papers. They always have stuff they want to talk about. And these ones in the game are awesome. But the real ones are just as awesome. So that about wraps up my time. I hope you guys are having a wonderful rest of your month. Please stay safe. Enjoy your loved ones and family. Again, have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace! Peace!